Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. I'm Cynthia Poor. And former County Controller Mike Connors is going to be my guest today. And he's going to talk about the $95,000 settlement in Albany County. So, Mike, that was quite, quite interesting. So give us a background and uh, bring us up to date of exactly how that settlement came to be. Okay. Uh, about three years ago, um, one of the commissioners approached me about uh, having his uh, department moved from underneath the county executive to being moved over to uh, sheriffs. So I started meeting with this gentleman, and he's complaining about the problem. And then he started talking about all this election work that was done during 2015 using county employees, using a workplace where he had an office, and uh, you know, just this unbelievable uh, circumstances that he, he tried to get him to become a whistleblower, but he had to worry about his family and health insurance. So he said, no, he couldn't do that. So he gave me the name of an employee who was actually hired by the, uh, the executive to work on the campaign and be hidden away out in uh, Lawson's Lake so no one could find her. Originally, she was going to be in the Voorheesville substation, but the name would over to Lawson's Lake as well. So it took us probably a year to gain that person's confidence. And, uh, uh, you know, it's not a secret anymore. That person was Carrie Kressler. Carrie yeah. um, began to trust what we were doing on our, on our audit, on the time and attendance system, and uh, was very helpful. Meanwhile, while we were trying to talk Carrie into uh, uh, becoming a whistleblower, we had started to do an analysis of uh, punches in and out. And the county has a system called the Kronos system, and we've had full access to the Kronos system right up until 2015 or so, uh, or 2016. I've forgotten the date now. But the county administration under the county executive blocked our access to payroll information because they were afraid we're going to find out uh, things were going on that were not uh, kosher and uh, not according to Hoyle and uh, absolutely uh, uh, downright illegal. And uh, we started to do this work. We had an enormous amount of back and forth, and we wind up uh, having to hire an outside attorney, which um, uh, uh, Mike Caney, who's tremendous, he's a former chief prosecutor for the uh, federal district in uh, Washington, D.C. for white-collar crime, and Mike did a great job for us representing us, and his partner, uh, one of his partners was very, very helpful, and uh, they did a lot of work, and we essentially had to go to the effort of going to Supreme Court and file an Article 78 to compel the county executive's people to allow us access to something we're legally entitled to have by charter, by law, previous uh, uh, practice is pattern of practice. So uh, the public wants the controller's office to be able to audit claims and to be able to keep an eye on things. Well, they blocked this for years, and we were not able to get that access uh, restored mm-hmm. until, oh, I'd say late in um, 2019, maybe June or July. Now, in the meantime, uh, my wife had convinced me not to run again. So... Uh, you know, the county executives, people knew I wasn't going to be around for much longer, so they stalled and delayed. But we eventually um, got them 
slaughtered them illegally with Tyrod-type counsel and got access to all the information. Well, making sure that we were not compromised by political differences with the county executive, we hired an outside accounting firm, as is our authority, to uh, look at these records and analyze the records. And we did that uh, tremendous forensic accounting firm in New York City. They actually did, uh, they looked at, I don't know, like, I'm going to say a million six hundred thousand payroll records and found all kinds of problems, which we reported in an audit. Now, meanwhile, uh, by then, Terry had become comfortable with our office and was uh, cooperating with us and gave us literally thousands of emails, or at least 8,000, I should say, emails that were campaign emails that demonstrate that the administration was conducting campaign work on county time and using county uh, resources to do so. You know, in another matter that came up as we were looking at the payroll, we, we came across a couple of people who were being paid out of title, people who were being paid uh, under a line of a, of a uh, uh, public defender or attorney's position. And that person was not an attorney. It was in that. That was uh, turned up. We found out actually working out of the county executive's office instead of out of Lawson's Lake all during the election cycle of 2015. Another item that came up was uh, several other people who had worked on that campaign being put in positions they were not qualified for and, uh, and being paid. And all of these uh, circumventions of the system were aided and abetted by the, the uh, Commissioner of Human Resources. So uh, we actually named that person in our lawsuit to uh, do that. So we came up with a list of 15 people we wanted to have interviewed. And rather than have it be a political matter, rather than having me interview them, we're going to have our attorneys interview them. So uh, the, um, the people at uh, Hinkley Allen, we're going we're gonna to bring uh, these employees into their property and uh, interview them about these anomalies and these uh, discrepancies. Uh, some of them had told us off the record that these kinds of things were so unusual, they'd never done that 14 or 17 years of doing this. So a lot of just really shady practices. When the audit came out, it was very near my tenure, the end of my tenure. The county executive people uh, said, oh, this is all balderdash. There's nothing here. Connors is just a mean-spirited, mean guy, and that these things were all being made up. And, oh, yes, and our whistleblower was full of hot air, and that was not true. Well, nine months later, uh, after some negotiations and, and, uh, and others, uh, and by the way, the whistleblower got uh, let go of a couple of positions. So I hired her as an auditor to work for me in the Department of Auditing Control, and uh, she assisted us with, with the audit and looked at several other matters as well. So we get great benefit from her. Well, uh, she sued the, uh, the county over uh, some problems she was uh, incurring with the county executive's people. And uh, the result of that lawsuit nine months later is that they paid Terry for $95,000 about four months of health insurance and uh, several weeks of pay without having to come in uh, as a settlement. Now, the reason for the $95,000 limit is that anything over $100,000 would have to go through the county legislature. And because they didn't want all this information to come out and become public, uh, they, uh, they kept it in a, in, a, in a small operating group with just the uh, county executive, the county clerk, and chairman of the legislature. It's a small committee called the 
Contracts Administration Board. So uh, whether they violated the $100,000 limit or not is a matter of discussion, and that will probably be looked at by the legislature. I know that Allison Plain Lane is very interested in putting legislation in to stop uh, employees from working on this on county time and that uh, limiting what the uh, donations are that can be solicited by uh, countywide officials, the sheriff, controller, clerk, county executive especially, uh, from you know using their influence to make uh, vendors and employees make campaign contributions. Uh, Jennifer Whelan uh, from the Minority Caucus is, uh, has put a piece of legislation in it as a small piece of this, but I think uh, McLean Lane's legislation will address all of these issues. Now, if I can go back again, that's the fast story. If I can go back and tell you some of the things that occurred. About two years ago, I met with the former head of white-collar crime for the New York State Police. That person brought their successor into a meeting with us. We showed them what we had. It became clear to that person that there were, uh, that we had uncovered evidence of crimes, you know, filing fraudulent uh, statements, uh, payroll abuse, uh, theft of time, theft of services, all kinds of, uh, of crimes. And the person made it very clear that, yes, you have proof of a crime, but we're, we're not going to be involved and help you. And I said, why not? And they said, because you're in Albany County and there's no prosecutor. So why should we go through all this work and all this effort to uh, uh, help you prove these crimes and then have no prosecutor uh, do that? And I asked for clarification, and uh, that person said, well, the district attorney's office won't do anything. Uh, the state yeah. attorney general won't do anything. The um, uh, New York State attorney general won't do anything, and the FBI won't. So when we got all these documents together and finished that, we had a very, it was a tremendous job done, um, led by Jane McNally. Uh, this tremendous audit was uh, delivered, all this work uh, with a background for a proof of crime was delivered to uh, the Federal Bureau of Investigations Office down in uh, off of Huffman Avenue, to the Attorney General's office up in her office up in the state capitol, to... Uh, police office next door to us at 110 State Street and uh, to the district attorney's office. Now, we had met with the district attorney, and they had interviewed um, uh, Carrie, and uh, their their claim was that, well, because I had hired this person, that that might look like uh, uh, it was undue influence. But we hired her after they fired her. She had already given us all the information. So, you know, these are all just the same old excuses uh, that allow uh, government to rob the people and it's uh, quite unfortunate that happened. So uh, congratulations to Carrie uh, Kressler for uh, winning that case. And uh, hopefully uh, the county legislature will act to make it uh, against county policy for people to campaign on county time and use county resources to do so. And hopefully they'll uh, end the practice of uh, countywide officers uh, uh, soliciting and receiving large contributions from county employees and from county vendors. So there, there's okay. the story. I'm sorry I went on so long, Cynthia, but that, that gives okay. you a real fast version of what happened. Okay, a couple of questions. Sure. What happened, what happened in 2015? Did it happen again well, in 2019? 2015, well, okay, the... the Chain of events go back to 2015, 2016. 2015 was the campaign where 
Mr. McCoy was primary by Dan um, Dan Egan. Right. So uh, the majority of the of the criminal activity, uh, FEPTA services, uh, FEPTA time, those that that all occurred uh, during that let's say from May June during the primary season right up until November fourth or fifth of uh, that year, and uh, after that it happened. Uh, in conversations with one of the commissioners who had been pretty much coerced to be part of this, um, he gave me the, uh, uh, he or she gave me the uh, the name of who uh, might be able to give us proof of this, which turned out to be Carrie Kressler, which, as mm-hmm. I told you, took about a year for us to gain her confidence. But, boy, when we interviewed her the first couple of times, I just couldn't believe what she was telling me. But her emails proved it all out. So when the county attorney offered her, you know, $20,000, her attorney said, nope, not a chance. We're going to court now. All of this information is going to become public. Well, you know, next year's election year. They didn't want to have that happen. So they said, well, what will it take? And I guess the attorney said six figures. And then I guess the uh, the county attorney said, well, we can we can do uh, up to 95000 blah, blah, blah. So, you know, they circumvented, I think, the uh, – the um, reporting of this to the legislature, but it's it's all going to come out, and uh, you know I think the um, the settlement uh, for Terry Marsh proves beyond a shadow of a doubt of the county's culpability in the uh, uh, these illegal activities taking place on county time and use of county services. So the administration will make all kinds of noise that always oh, save money by doing this. Really, all they're really interested in doing is saving their political skin. Now, how damaging is this to Dan McCoy? Oh, this is Albany County. I don't think people care. Uh, you know, it's uh, you know, it's really um, you know, it's um, it's it's hard to believe, but you know, the, the people really just don't care. Uh, they don't seem to care anyway. You know, think about this. We had the, the one of the governor's staff members who was considered the fourth Cuomo brother. We had our third Cuomo brother uh, go to jail. We had the Speaker of the Assembly go to jail. We had mm-hmm. the uh, Majority Leader of the Senate go to jail. And right. nothing's changed. Nobody cares. So do I think this will affect Mr. McCoy? I doubt it. You know, I, you know, I, I think people are just used to it and expect the worst from us. And unfortunately, uh, you know, uh, it's been lived up to. Now, you you, you, you've you lived in Albany all your life, correct? You come from a political family. Do you think all, mm-hmm. this, yep. apathy, all this apathy stems from the corny years? Well, I think the apathy has little to do with Albany. I think if you look nationally, uh, there's apathy across the nation about politics. I think the uh, uh, clearly the, the fact that... Um, the O'Connell, Corning, Whalen, Jennings, um, she and that continuous operation by Democratic uh, uh, operatives has certainly inured people to that. But I think people think that, you know, their taxes are reasonable, they're getting decent services, and, uh, you know, so just don't bother me and, and you know, just try not to, not try not to get caught uh, obviously doing these kinds of things. I think people take it for granted. Um, I'm working on a couple of books now, and the title for the second book is Stealing Albany. Pretty much oh. just, a, yeah, just a story of 
some things that, you know, I, I saw and observed in my public career, which uh, I find shocking, but apparently uh, the legislature, the public doesn't care. So uh, we'll see if the, if the county legislature does anything. But the state legislature did absolutely nothing about uh, all this criminal behavior by the Speaker of the Assembly and by the, uh, the majority leader of the Senate. So both parties were involved in it. Uh, the governor's people, uh, you know, uh, had some top person, uh, Joe Prococo, went to jail. Uh, right. The Alan Taylor Ross thing is is still going to hit. So there's been there's been an awful lot of corruption here uh, that people just uh, have been inured to or are blind to. So uh, hopefully the uh, the county legislature will see the wisdom of making some reform that will uh, prevent this in the future. Uh, no, uh, like what? Your father was an assemblyman, correct? My father was in New York State Assembly for 16 years. He was beloved in the assembly. Uh, He never took a Lulu and didn't take the pay raises, donated the the pay raises away and kept it a secret for 10 out of the 16 years. And then a reporter by the name of Gus Bliven talked to a key bank employee who got transferred to Syracuse in a place called Coleman, uh, a nice Irish pub, and they were talking about uh, the corruption there. And this key bank, former key bank employee said, uh, well, we got a guy, our assemblyman, who went through and told the story about uh, Dick giving away his uh, salary raises and his uh, um, non-acceptance of the Lulu. Uh, matter of fact, I've got a very funny high-rose cartoon here in my office uh, that shows uh, Lulu dancing on a bar and you know, Dick not being part of the party. So. So my father was uh, was quite a guy. My my grandfather actually, um, according to German newspapers back in the 1880s, set a bribe on fire on the council chamber floor. So uh, our families had a a pretty straightforward approach to this. This is elections office is a, is an honor and a privilege, and it's, uh, we're here to serve the public, not ourselves. So around the dinner table when you were you know much younger. Did the issue of can you hear me? Yeah, I I misunderstood what you're starting to say. Go ahead, go ahead, Cynthia. Uh, And when you were sitting around the dinner table, did the issue of corruption in state government ever come up? Were you aware of how bad it was, or has it gone? gone I think. I think. You'd have you'd have you'd have to be deaf, dumb, and blind not to be aware of how bad it was. You know, my father did the best he could as a, as a straight shooter and was able to help a lot of people. Uh, did a lot to help veterans. Passed the uh, first Agent Orange bill in the country that uh, had a third trigger from not only the date of exposure or the date of uh, the date of injury, but it also had uh, the third trigger, uh, the date of discovery. So it opened up all over the country eventually. Uh, collection for Agent Orange injury and cancers uh, by the VA. So he was in part of that. And he, you know, he just did his thing. He was he was a quiet person, a humble man, um, <laughs> which unfortunately the son didn't get. But but uh, he was just an amazing person, and that's who I'm working on a book about now. Uh, you know, Dick Connors was just one of a 10 million. He was just an amazing person. But you know, there was a lot of discussion about corruption. Our our, church, our our dining room tables were about my sister's uh, school exploits and how good their marks were, and and 
whatever tomfoolery I might have gotten myself engaged in. My uh, my father and mother didn't really talk much about uh, local government. Uh, they discussed politics on a on a national level or international level. But, uh, they're okay. both tremendously well read and educated. So, but we didn't spend any time talking about the local stuff. I gotta give Terry Kressler a lot of a lot of credit uh, for yeah. coming out and doing what she did. The courage, the courage to do this was unbelievable. People don't realize what kind of abuse she was put through. Uh, all during that period of time, they suspected that it was her uh, giving us this information. Then when she actually was working for our office, you know, she was shunned and given all kinds of abuse. She had all kinds of uh, political uh, retribution visited upon her as a ward leader in the 7th Ward and as a campaign manager for people's campaigns because of this. And, uh, you know, literally, uh, uh, you know, she was just absolutely a hero to come forward and do this. Did she get hired to work uh, on a campaign by the county executive? Yes. Uh, is that wrong? Yes. But it's wrong for the county executive to do that and to have people do that. She was following his direction, his orders, and his wishes. So I think the ultimate responsibility for these actions uh, fall clearly on the county executive and his staff. So he's a county attorney at that time, and later on, chief attorney in his office, the head of uh, personnel, uh, you know, the, the then head of his uh, legal department. All these people knew about all this stuff and were all part of the uh, uh, the people we wanted to interview. So the ultimate responsibility goes to the county executive and his staff and administration. So now that the, and let, let's, see, let's see if he gets held accountable for it. If, if the legislature does something, you know, maybe it'll be a price that he has to pay. Maybe he won't be able to raise half a million or three quarters of a million dollars from vendors mm-hmm. and county employees. So, uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, you yeah. know, I, uh, I'm a, I'm a realist. After the uh, settlement, you know, was uh, it was a done deal? Is the case totally closed now? Well, the statute of limitations on fraud, I think, is six years. So, you know, I think the um, the potential for someone to do something with this by 2021 is still pretty good. Now, there's a guy on the radio in the afternoon, Kevin Cashin, who's quite exciting yeah. if you've ever listened to his show, Road Rage. Well, he claims yeah. he's going to go to, he claims he's going to go to the U.S. attorney uh, with the information and try and uh, proceed with some kind of uh, uh, complaint. So we'll see what happens. We'll see if, if, if he's able to do that or not. But um, you know, I, I um, I'm, I'm working on my papers and uh, and putting information together. So uh, hopefully, you know, I'm, I got my blog back, so I'll be starting to write in the blog in the Times Union. So there'll be some places for us to list information. Some of these emails are, are very illuminating about how bad this whole process was. I've had McCashin on my show several times. Oh, he's, so, I, he cracks me up. He's very bright, very hardworking, but yes. he is certainly colorful. Yes, he is. So you've been retired almost a year now. Um, what's life like for Mike Connors these days? Well, life is tremendous today. I, I have to tell you that I had, uh, I had it was a real adjustment to go from going 95 miles an hour to being a retired house husband and doing the, the laundry and, and vacuuming and, and making dinner and 
me like that in grocery shopping. That was, you know, that was quite a shock. So it came to a screeching halt. Then I had some excitement uh, late April, early May, when I got the coronavirus from my brother-in-law, mm-hmm. who Albany County Nursing Home sent home with the coronavirus. Uh, so that was fun. That was exciting. Uh, but good news is I have the antibody and uh, recently tested negative again. So that made things exciting. But, you know, I sat for the exam to get the property and catch the insurance broker's license back, which I did. I passed the exam first try. And I'm now uh, associated with uh, uh, the Moore Agency in Waterville, a very top flight, excellent commercial line insurance agency. So, you know, the 125-year history, family history of being in the insurance business and serving the people of the Albany County area and the region uh, will continue. So that's pretty exciting for me. Uh, I still am doing my rowing, the car rowing. That's good. I'm starting to get my strength back uh, during uh, the summer. So uh, we're going to do a half marathon October 17th. I think it's a 13.1-mile row. Yeah, so that's fun. We're going to row up to the uh, Troy Dams, actually in Green Island. And then back, mm-hmm. that's a little over 13.1 miles. So that's fun. That's yep. exciting. Uh, I love the insurance business. And, uh, I'm having some real fun with that and helping some people with some problems, uh, which is always very rewarding and enjoyable. And, uh, you know, of course, my wife's too young to retire yet, so she's still working. So um, mm-hmm. it's good to be back in the saddle again. Great. So we just have a couple minutes left, Mike. You said you're in um, insurance. Why don't you give out your info so if anybody needs insurance, they could call you? Yeah, for commercial insurance, call me at 518-365-7136, and I'm with the Moore Agency, M-O-O-R-E Agency in Waterville Beach. And uh, I have a small consulting office at 69 State Street, and I've helped some people with some bonding and some other things. So you can always come visit me in downtown Albany in the uh, Bank of America building, which has been taken over by uh, uh, Novell WeWork from Chicago. They're renovating the building, but we're up here on the eighth floor and have a lovely little space, about 500 square feet. So my little pictures and memorabilia about my father here, so that's fun. And, uh, you know, if we can help somebody, uh, we will. And if we can't, we'll tell them, nope, can't help you, but here's somebody that might be able to help you. So, you know, that that part of being in a service business is something I've missed for the last 24 years, and it's fun to be back in the business. One quick question before we go, Mike. Do you miss politics? Sure. <laughs> Not at all. But I, I'll tell you, I do miss public service. I, I miss the people I worked with. I missed the work. The work was fascinating. I loved the work. And, uh, you know, the people I worked with uh, all over through the county and the cities, towns, and villages within the county, I love that. That interaction was fun. And I do miss all of those people. But the uh, political chicanery and the BS, no, I don't miss that a bit. I'm very happy to be outside watching. Okay, great. So you've been listening to Mike Connors. This is Focus on Albany. If you like this show, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Mike, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. I hope we'll talk again. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great day. Thank, thank you, Cynthia. Bye.